Welcome back to the Fitness in Your Mouth podcast. I am Coach DJ, and I have finally got my husband, Coach Garrett, joining me here today. How's it going? Due to his crippling social anxiety, this has been like pulling teeth. So wish us good luck on our first podcast. Um, as most of you know, I do make uh, social media content and videos where I publicly speak about performance-enhancing drugs and anabolic steroids. As a result of this, um, we do get a lot of inquiries about starting PEDs as well as the candidacy profile for someone that may be interested in starting anabolic steroids. So I think we're going to touch base on that a little bit today. That sounds like a good conversation. I think we'll start out with, even before getting into the candidacy profile, I think it's important that we look at the why behind it. I know that that's a big part of the conversation that we have with our clients as well, when that's you know a decision that we are weighing. This is a very convoluted question. It's hard to answer because everybody's obviously going to have like a biased opinion when it comes to how you should or when you should use PEDs. And realistically, what it comes down to, as long as you're not cheating, if it could better you and whatever your endeavor is, then and you don't believe you can get much further naturally, or if you think it'll aid you and in some capacity, then I think maybe that would be the starting point to considering using performance enhancing drugs. But I think it's really important to look at the, the background and the reason why you are interested in the first place. Um, I feel like a lot of people, especially those that aren't working with a coach, might feel that they have either reached their natural potential or that they are plateauing in some capacity. And of course, as a coach, that's where we can typically analyze a client and make a lot of changes without necessarily implementing PEDs, especially with athletes that are self-coached. It's not always an easy decision to reach out for assistance. So rather than getting some feedback and critique and making changes to your programming, um, sometimes it seems like the next step would automatically be a performance enhancing drug. A lot of people kind of think that when it comes to this, they'll just, you know, start doing it and uh and then figure out how to manipulate it later not realizing that most of the issues that occur aren't visible everything is going to be determined mostly through like labs um but this is not one of the circumstances where you should ask forgiveness before permission you should definitely try to figure out what you're doing and what you're going to do to your body because essentially you're biohacking you're altering your hormones to get the most out of your body and um and you can have a it can be detrimental if not done correctly and you can also have a lot of fun with it if you know what you're doing there's, there's a lot of factors and can a, afford to do it yeah and i feel like a, a big part of it too is we we saw a movement where we knew peds in place especially within the bodybuilding community and there were a lot of fingers being pointed that people were hiding it. Well, now people are coming out in the open. We're, we're openly discussing it. You know, it's not as, as much of a taboo topic as it once was. But that being said, that means there's also a market for it. So we're seeing it not only just, you know, in transparency from some of these competitors, but we're seeing it glorified. Some dogs are playing in the background. I'm sorry, did you hear that? But we are, we are seeing it glorified and almost 
promoted on social media now. That is absolutely the case. And it's very unnerving, especially when people who either have a following or present themselves as authority figures begin to relay information that is just so inaccurate and it's not just like an opinion thing it's like the black and white the verbiage is there the studies are there and um and a lot of people a lot of younger people are seeing this inaccurate advice being given and they're just like let's run with it let's see what happens there's a coach he knows what he's doing and i don't think uh some coaches understand how scary to be <laughs> yeah it's the, the push on, on social media is, is something else because you have people that, you know, may have a great physique, but they're not in charge of their own drug protocols and they're, they're giving advice to others because, again, there is a market. Um, you also have those without any endocrinology background, no basic understanding of pharmacology, um, people that don't. Um, it's a lot to sort through. You don't necessarily know what a reliable source is. And again, it's being promoted. So. We want to make sure people are wanting to utilize PEDs for the right reasons and understand the short-term and long-term repercussions. It, it, just on that topic, you always find yourself, especially in this industry, um, you're not trying to make enemies with other coaches, especially reputable coaches. There's no reason to deter people from going to another coach. And you'll find that well, I'm not if there is, but in the in the in the, the upper echelon of people or coaches, they all want to help each other out. They all they want to do is make sure that you succeed, and they give you all the tools that they can to help you succeed. There's no, I'm gonna. There's no. Uh, it's all camaraderie. There's not any uh, animosity amongst. We want good to coaches. learn as a community. We want to grow together, and that's why we are always out there expanding our knowledge. Um, you know, it's PEDs, there's there's a lot to learn there. Endocrinology is not something to be taken lightly, even just with the use of peptides. People treat peptides like an over-the-counter multivitamin, and that's just not how it is. You, there's a lot that goes behind implementing these compounds. Um, and that's, that's one of the things that we try and convey to our clients as well, because it's being pushed so heavily right now. Is it something that you truly think you will need? Or do you feel pressured to do it, especially in a competition setting? You know, all jokes aside, the bodybuilding community, we, we laugh. We say nobody wants to go to the natural shows. We want to go watch the big dudes at the NPC and IFBB. Um, obviously, enhanced bodybuilding from an entertainment perspective is, is more interesting. But just because that's like an, a community joke, it's that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to change the course of your life and start altering your hormones because you feel pressured as an athlete or because you are giving yourself an unrealistic timeline to hit your goals. And patience is the number one reason behind starting performance enhancing drugs. I think there's, there's two major why to that conversation. And I think, unfortunately, hopefully it doesn't sound overly sexist, but I think it is sex dependent. <laughs> variable there uh women are very much in that category of they think they need it in order to do anything most women come to us you know i've been working out for six months now and i'm ready to take it to the next level or you know uh i'm doing this and you know i, I just i'm thinking about going to the gym and i also am thinking about taking steroids you know a lot of women don't even understand what it is but for some reason that's just a 
something that they're drawn to. And as far as males, I think it's like not necessarily keeping up. I, I feel like if they just, it's it's cool. Man. I think it's just a cool thing to do. I don't think. Uh, That's a huge problem right there. I, I, I think um, if you're not doing it and you're a teenager for some reason, you're just like, you know, I don't think you realize that to most people, first of all, all those kids doing it, um, not there's there's none of same selects. Like when you have like, <laughs> what what percentage of people destroying their hormones, manip manipulating their hormones, and are not going to be able to regain control of them, are ever going to do anything that involves their physique or the way they look? It's it's not going, but they all do it. Essentially, this is a medical issue. Like, it's not something that should be promoted as of being cool. And I think that is part of the draw to using PEDs is people want to be cool. But you know what's not cool? Having erectile dysfunction at the age of 19. What's not cool is having to, you know, shit out six grand out of pocket because you gave yourself gyno and now you have breasts as a man because you played around with your hormones and didn't understand what you were taking. And I do need to make something very clear. If you're a teenager and you have genetics and you can afford your own groceries and afford to keep yourself healthy and you understand the risk that you're taking on. And you're using labs. I don't give a shit if you do. I mean, realistically, I don't, but it's never, uh, still living under your parents' roof and your parents have to pay for your downness and your groceries and you're, you know, getting an $80 bottle of test every couple of weeks. Yeah, if you're trying to, if it fits your macros based on your mom and dad's pantry, you probably shouldn't be running drugs, man. Hey, and so you're not going to even be able to tell that you're using most likely you have really bad acne. <laughs> and that's, that's and impotence. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, that, that brings us into the, the, the big thing that we look at is candidacy. And I, again, this is where having a really thorough understanding of these compounds is going to be really important. So, when we start looking at the candidacy profile, obviously, you know, like Garrett mentioned, age is going to be a huge factor. Unless you are a freak of nature, you've got a coach, you already have an incredible physique foundation, and you have the potential to like maybe go pro in bodybuilding, or you are highly comfortable where you are allowed to be enhanced. Age is going to be a factor. Your, your body is trying to determine how much testosterone it needs to produce for the rest of its life. Um, you have fertility needs in the future as a male or a female. And, and the mental health aspect, the changes that you will undergo while exposed to some of these performance enhancing agents, which is a huge factor. Yeah. And not only in, uh, in usage, but uh, design of the compound selection. Those, there's all a bunch of things. I know, they're going crazy. But that's another thing that for the young guys, too, if you decide to use it, you can do it and make sure that you stay fertile. You know, or that like there's a way that you can go about it to be as safe as possible and to where you can still have a family in the future. Whereas most of the kids nowadays are not doing that. They're doing the exact opposite. They're just, oh, test and trend, blast it. And in terms of, of males, specifically young males and exposure to androgenic compounds, I personally like to see men wait till their late twenties. Um, and even then a lot of them are going to have future fertility needs, but you know, on the rare occasion where you have a very talented young athlete that's already been on anabolics, you know, we've had to have those hard discussions, especially with one of my guys overseas, he's 
21 years old and we have his stuff in a sperm bank. That's, that's part of our decision-making process. And I think it's also really important that when you start looking at these compounds, we look at, and that, that is something, you know, when we went over finances that we reviewed, but even implementing something like a kispeptin or HCG while you're on testosterone or during this exposure time period can not only help prevent total suppression of your own endogenous hormones, but can also prevent testicular atrophy. You know, those are things that you want to consider as, as a young male. And of course, females looking at, um, you know, your, your potential fertility needs in the future and anabolics can really suppress the entire HPO axis if that's the route that you choose to go. Yeah. It, it's painful for me. And again, I'm in public. I want to act this way, but it's painful for me to whenever kids, I say kids, God damn it. You are old. such an old man. These younger dudes are coming at me. They're telling me they're, they're cutting stack. And when I find out that they're taking drugs that they were told, you know, I guess somehow burn body fat. Um, and they're not changing the aspect of their, their lives at all. There's no nutritional aspect of it. There's no, there's no nothing. They just, because of the lack of information or the poor information they've received, they just think that if they take, you know, training test and anabar oh. or Winstrol for some reason, Winstrol is a real big one, then they're going to, you know, shred off that fat. And it's, it's so much more like when we, when we're looking at a candidacy profile, let's say someone, you know, they're, they're in the thirties, they, they're done having kids. They don't really care about testicular atrophy. Like they, they've had a vasectomy, like there's no chance of having kids kind of thing. Like, and, and they meet the candidacy profile. Well, then we have to start looking at blood work. This is where labs become really, really important because given, you know, certain predispositions or medical issues or things that might pop up in terms of, you know, organ strain in, in your body that will be a determining factor in what specific compounds someone may or may not be a candidate for. Um, labs are going to be really important. And I got news for you. Your primary care physician more than likely is not going to be writing you labs every quarter because you have to take performance enhancing drugs. Garrett's uh, filming the dogs right now. And then, of course, you know, looking at a, a foundation is a huge part of assessing the candidacy profile because, you know, he mentioned earlier, we do have a lot of clients, specifically females, that are brand new to the gym, very impatient, and they want muscle maturity now. They want the look of their favorite influencer who was in the gym for 10 years before they ever considered, you know, one small anabar cycle, but they want it and they want it now. So we get, we get, we get quite, and, and, uh, and this is not meant to target any client in specific, but because it happens frequently. But when you send us a, an Instagram picture of somebody you, you have aspirations to look like, and it's very clear that the picture is unbelievably altered, like those are maybe not the most realistic goals to have, at least starting out. Our dog just hit his head on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, and that's okay. So this is the really big thing. Um, everyone's going to talk about like max out your natural potential. Well, realistically like that never happens. If you keep training correctly with progressive overloads and you have your diet in check and supplements in check and your baseline hormones look good, like you're not ever really going to reach that. You're going to keep progressing until you start experiencing like down regulations and hormonal declines and then it starts like plummeting. So I don't think necessarily telling someone to max themselves out naturally is the best advice, but it is really important to have a foundation. And I heard someone say this, and I wish I could give credit where credit is due, but they said, steroids are not meant to build your foundation. 
you implement steroids, you stole my shoe. <laughs> I can't believe I'm stuck to the mic. But you use steroids after you've built that foundation. They shouldn't be used to create it. Yeah, that is a, a, a really valid thing to say. <laughs> and we, we try to the dogs. We, we try yeah. and look at diet and training. Like just because you followed a meal plan for 90 days probably doesn't mean that that's indicative of enough that you are ready to start running drugs and manipulating hormones. I'm assuming that these conversations are the, are the reason why people don't pursue help because they want to do them. They know they're going to do them, but they also don't want to be judged. Us specifically, and I know most coaches find enjoyment in helping people figure out what their goals should be and the best way to attain those goals. And realistically, if you're going to do something, we're just going to provide you the information that you can know, the things that you need to be aware of, what your concern could be, and how to best approach it. Uh, but I think the only reason that we're ever going to turn somebody away, it well, there's a couple of reasons uh, for asking about information is one, if you're asking how to cheat, if you're asking how to get an edge in some sort of uh, drug tested sport that you do. Yeah, that's a that's a huge. We're not going to work with you for there. Period. That's just that's just that just is not. Okay. We are all about PEDs, but there's safer ways to utilize them that will destroy the rest of your life. And we certainly want to approach it in an ethical manner. And I, if I find out somebody is competing in a tested federation, that's an automatic no for me. You will not receive assistance from me. That is cheating. You are in a natural federation that's tested. You are expected to be natural. My job is not to help you get around that. I, I will not participate in that. I, I don't like that. That and, uh, and you have to have blood work. If you can't come to us with blood work, then I mean, that tells us a lot of things. A, that you can afford it. A, that you're willing to do it correctly. And you're going to listen to us. And there's a lot of things that, that indicates that you're able to take the time to go full labs and show us. We're trying to help you and help you achieve your goals and run some cool compounds while keeping yourself safe and ideally with physician oversight as well. We have several partner physicians, clinics, but you know, I, I say this, Dr. Lee and I talk about this all the time. If you can't afford the lab work, you can't afford the gear. The cheapest part about becoming enhanced are the actual enhancements you are paying for. And that kind of brings us into the next thing, which, which is finances. Yes, the next, I guess, the, after the why, then you, the, it, the biggest question is, can you afford this? Because once you start dabbling, nine times out of 10, for males especially, it's going to be a lifelong commitment of hormone management. It's not a, um, it, you can go about it in a very a different way. Um, but it's still going to require constant management of blood work. Um, but as far as costs are concerned, blood work at least every quarter. Um, you're going to want to do blood dumps. You're going to want to make sure that you can supply yourself with adequate nutrition to correspond with the amount of anabolics that you're taking. Uh, you have to be able to, I mean, and the time commitment to work out, to train, to eat five meals a day. You know, there's, well, and that's in, specifically to bodybuilding, but with any organization, there's going to be so much to it to get the most out of it. Yeah, there's, you know, the, the cheapest thing you're going to purchase is going to be that fashion. Again, this is where lab work becomes really important and analyzing the cost. Oh, gosh, 
what analyze what it. Those, I will post a picture of what my supplement medicine cabinet looks like. Just my my omegas, K2D, all, all the things that we typically tell you guys to take, and then everything I take to support my body whenever it's in those um, the least healthy states. You're very close to preps. Your anabolics are high. Your food is low. Energy is low. Your you know your immune system is compromised. You have to make sure that you get everything that you need whenever you're only eating four food items all day long, every day for weeks on end. So outside of nutrition and dialing in the micronutrient profile as well, you have to look at overall macros. That's a huge factor because with anabolics specifically, you have enhanced muscle protein synthesis and nutrient partitioning. Um, your protein is going to go up drastically because your body's going to use every bit of it. Um, and the support of supplements based on the compounds, if you're taking something that has renal toxicity, neurotoxicity, if it's, you know, hepatotoxic, you're going to need supportive supplements based on those compounds. And frequent, frequently, you'll need other things to help leverage certain health markers, maybe an ARB for hypertension. Um, that way you aren't, and if you are, you chronically have elevations in your CBC, so you aren't having to engage in therapeutic phlebotomy, there's medications that you can take for that as well. But there's those things add up. So you have the pharmaceutical side, which may consist of like certain injectable supports or cispeptins, um, maybe, maybe a glutathione, as well as just over-the-counter support. But that adds up quick, especially when you are buying high-quality products. And uh, that being said, if you are, uh, if you have a coach and you are not being asked those questions and your coach is not providing you with information like that, that is that, and it's, it's, again, I'm not trying to poach anybody, but you do need to be aware that those are important questions that should be asked and your coach should know how to answer them. And don't be afraid to ask. Keep in mind, you know, just because your coach has the knowledge doesn't mean that they're going to be really comfortable or great at communicating certain things to you. So ask questions. That's the whole point in having a coach. If something, you know, if you if you have questions about something, if something makes you nervous, if you're eager and you want to try something, have an open line of communication with your coach so they can address all of your questions. Yeah, valuable, valuable information. And uh and labs, they, they've got to be pulling labs. <laughs> and not, not just pulling labs, not just pulling labs, being able to interpret those labs. Yeah, uh, they, and this goes beyond looking at a reference range produced by the lab. Yeah, whenever you're just looking at the red and green lines, like, oh, you're good. Or, yeah, you, we can do a push, you look fine. There's nothing out of like That is completely normal blood work to a normal-looking human, or blood work that would appear totally normal to an uneducated human has a lot of indicators and a lot of things that have, there's a whole story there. And biofeedback's really important too. Like today I had an interesting, I had a consultation call and this guy is not a client of mine, but he, he did a consult with me. Uh, he has a coach and he has painful gynecomastia developing and his tissue is starting to harden. It's becoming fibrous, which means it's going to be hard to, if not impossible to reverse without surgery. And we went over his compound selection. Now, based on his lab markers and what he had presented his coach, everything was in normal ranges. His E2 was like slightly out of range, like 40, 46, something like barely. Uh, but his test was like, you know, 2,500. So no, no big deal there. Uh, prolactin was in a pretty normal range. Everything that he provided to me on paper technically looked good. 
But then we started looking at compounds and he was taking something that had a direct binding affinity to estrogen receptors. He was taking something that had progesterone activity. Um, he had something that could increase prolactin. So the three of those things combined and two of those being aromatizing compounds, plus the implementation of growth hormone, which expedited the progression of the gyno, you know, we ended up coming up with a basically a CERN protocol to bring him back down to a cruising dose, get his E2 within lower ranges while we implemented the CERMs and supportive supplements while on that for the gyno reversal protocol. Hopefully he won't need surgery, but just, you know, based on labs, he was fine. Never mind the fact that he was growing breasts. Yeah. So being able to interpret what they're seeing and uh, understanding the story. Um, and it's interesting watching some people pick apart these labs that know what they're talking about and they can tell you what more than likely what compounds you were using, how long ago you were using them, what you should, what supplements you're deficient in and how to correct all the, the, the unusual uh, ratio. Like they've just, there's, and yes, we can tell what you have been using by your labs, so please do not lie. In fact, one of the tests that I had to undergo was they had provided me with a previous blood panel and hormone panel, and then gave me an updated one from four months later after a fertility protocol and asked me to not only analyze the labs, calculate the ratios, speak on them, make suggestions for performance and wellness, but also give my opinion on what I thought uh, the person had been and is currently taking to achieve those lab results. We can tell, we have a really good idea what you've been on and where you may be lagging in terms of dietary compliance by your lab work. Yeah. So um, don't use uh, labs as a selling point for your business if that's not something you're capable of doing because this is people's lives this is their futures this is their future families that you're getting you're messing with um, recommending somebody do something similar to what you did uh, and glancing at a piece of paper that you have no idea what you're looking at is, is you there's you can still be a coach and not offer those services or, you know, just, just send them out to, to a third party or consult someone, you know, that's, that's how you learn, you know, there's you never, you never stop growing and learning as, as a client or a coach. And this is, you know, for both parties, there's a lot of responsibility in choosing to use PEDs by the coach and, and by the client. And part of that, you know, brings us to sourcing is. Well, well I want to go back to that real fast, just because we're, we're discussing that part. Sorry. When it comes to, um. How were we phrasing that? Uh, sorry, again. Client responsibility. Yeah, but I had I had to, I was going to go somewhere with it, and it's uh and it's killing me because I want to speak on it, but I don't remember what I was talking. Not killing you, you can't remember it. Oh, uh, so using anabolics. If you're on a nutrition protocol and you have a coach, and they are very good in that department, but they lack the confidence or the ability to guide you properly in your uh, hormone manipulation um we offer a service and i'm sure there's other coaches that do the same thing where we provide anabolic guidance only the only thing we ask is what you're currently eating and what your split is um we just basically need to know macros and make sure the, the sources are coming from appropriate means um so we don't have to suffer yes that is way. that is a service that we offer but we do require you be work 
be working with either a nutritionist or someone in the nutrition department. And that way we can make specific nutrition recommendations. We actually create PDFs that we will send in to the coach that you are, are working with. Um, because obviously, you know, dietary choices are going to have a huge impact on maintaining certain health markers. Um, you can't just stick with macros and keep your blood work in order. There, there's a reason why when we're talking enhancements and when anybody talks enhancements, they're so strict on dietary compliance. And they talk about that because realistically set meal plans will keep you healthy. So we have, we have that, uh, several people that have really reputable coaches and maybe they're wanting to pursue wellness that their coaches aren't comfortable doing with. And we provide them with that assistance and it's, uh, um, okay to do that. It's okay to like your coach and maybe use somebody else for another purpose is what I was getting. Anyways. So back to your question. Um, sourcing. So this is, um, I know, I know what Garrett's going to say on this, but it's also important to remember your coach is not a drug dealer. And when a compound is available legally and by prescription, so we know exactly what you are getting, that is always going to be the recommended route. And yes, even if you are younger and you have decided to become enhanced, like as a young male athlete and obtaining appropriate testosterone, but the appropriate supportive compounds to prevent suppression at such a young age. But we are not drug dealers. Please. Stop asking me for steroids, <laughs> <laughs> please. I don't know where that came about. Uh, stop that, please. Especially teenage boys. <laughs> Outside of getting you set up with one of our partner physicians uh, for guidance, we we do not assist in sourcing, and most coaches do not uh, do that as as well. So. Um, that being said, you know, sourcing can be problematic. And again, we, we look at so many different factors and with compound selection specifically, you know, for females, maybe that have made the decision to use an, an anabolic steroid. Obviously, we're looking for less androgenic compounds. That's not something you want to risk on the underground market, period. You're, you're going to want to get that prescribed. We have that ability. Like you, you want to stick with prescribed compounds, especially as a female, but not everybody can afford certain compounds. and have a reliable source, that's a huge factor, especially if you're using something like a specific derivative because you know it's not going to impact certain estrogen levels and then you get a you, know, you get test probe in place of that. Like that's going to skew everything. Um you you could grow bitch dips. Those are things we want to avoid. For women it's it's sourcing is definitely a lot more uh important um because of those exact reasons. Um Cost shouldn't be obviously you do want to price shop <laughs> maybe clinics, uh, but cost well, shouldn't be a factor. Can help with cycle design, of course. Yeah. Finance. You shouldn't get it because you can get it from your buddy for two dollars whenever it costs you know three dollars or four dollars. And let me tell you, when you go up to the biggest dude in your gym and he says, "Nah, bro, it's good. This is what I take." It's not what he takes. It's not. It's not what he takes. He's not telling you what he takes, and he's not sharing his source. Jokes for, for all of you out there that said, "No, nah, my buddy takes it." All my buddies can vouch for it. Yeah, well, we looked at your buddy's blood work, 24 hours post-injection peak serum levels. He was reading that he was on suboptimal TRT. It's not good. Your buddy doesn't take it. The amount of labs that we get where people are currently in the middle of some sort of either blasted, bro. Or, or cutting there, whatever, and they always give us the blood work and think, well, I'm on this right now, so that's why my test is so high because most people can only interpret their test levels on a lab. 
but whenever we get it and their test is at like five or 600 and they're on, you know, a thousand milligrams of test <laughs> and 600 milligrams of train a week, you know, just because the whole, you feel good. That's not always everything. Not um, to discount the placebo effect, but again, sourcing, sourcing is important. Yeah. Having uh so it is, it is very important. And again, with blood work, cause uh, most of those people, unless we would have not asked for it, would have continued to use bunk gear for all, you know, however long and uh, would have wasted, you know, thousands of dollars. And I think a, a, another really important aspect that people don't speak on a lot, um, obviously, given that you are using anabolics, you are probably an adult. So I think it's important that you have this discussion, not just with your coaches, but with the people in your life, if you have roommates, if you have a spouse or significant other, I, everybody laughs at that video I made about like, are you tired of hiding your gear in a shoebox from your spouse? But like, for real, that happens all the time. And then all these guys message me and they're like, my wife saw that video. And I remember, haha, she found my gear in a shoebox. It, it happens. But when we're assessing, you know, the mental health aspects and sometimes, you know, certain compounds or just even like the way that, that birth control can, can change things. Things. Um, just, you know, changes in your hormonal baseline, let alone, you know, high exposure to androgens that can impact your behavior. And that's something you should include your spouse on or your significant other. I'm not really sure. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I've never had to do it. So I'm not <laughs> why, but, uh, yeah, makes your protocols, bro. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I can't imagine that just being frank with your spouse and be like, look, uh, these are my goals. I can't get there. Uh, I've been struggling. I think this will help me. This person knows a lot about it. Can I get some information and possibly use your help to do this? And most coaches will talk to you and your spouse. I, I can't tell you, like I've, I've had several calls where, you know, we're, we're going over maybe cycle design or assessing if that's a step we want to take, if they're a candidate and their spouse joins them on the phone. And then by sometimes by the end of the call, I'm like, I got the wife. She's like, Hey, I'm going to get my hormones checked. Can you go over my, go over my labs? Um, but I do think honesty is very important because not only are you making a financial commitment to becoming enhanced, it's going to require some lifestyle changes and strict dietary adherence. Obviously, that's going to impact your family or the people that you're living with. And again, you know, it's nice to have a second set of eyes. Like your coach doesn't know if your behavior is changing in the home, but your wife does, your husband does, your kids do. So I think it's important that you have that transparency with the people that you are around. Um, I'm not saying that your wife is going to give you her blessing to go blast trend or anything, but I do think it's important that you include those people on that decision-making process, especially so they can help monitor any changes. Yeah. And if, you know, if you're just on testosterone, you shouldn't be hiding it anyway, but if you are on other compounds, most people are only going to go straight to Decker or Trend for some reason, but, uh, 19 nors, man. <laughs> the worst ones, anywho, uh, you, they, Go to these compounds and, you know, if your spouse was aware that you might be a little more hormonal, maybe more of a stand, uh, understanding of your temperament, you know, you won't come off as such a, a dick if they're like, oh, wait, he's on trend. Maybe I can chill for a bit or, hey, you know, you knock it off. You're being an asshole, which is typically a conversation that goes down in my house. So. <laughs> and I think one of the things, too, that I really want to touch on is the importance of assessing your future. Um, we talk a lot about the health repercussions. And of course, this varies a bit depending on the compounds. And obviously, we're, we're referencing anabolic steroids a lot. There are many performance enhancing drugs that don't necessarily 
fall under anabolic, but um, looking at your future needs. And I don't just mean fertility. Like I, I am considered enhanced. I'm the most like unnatural little lady ever, but it's not because I take anabolic steroids. It's because of the, the peptides and the amount of DHEA that I was taking. There, there are things that have made me enhanced and never in my wildest dreams that I think that that would negatively impact me as an adult done having duration, no big deal there, but I can't raise BMX with my kids anymore. Did I think I was going to be, you know, in my thirties racing bikes with my kids? Absolutely not. But I can no longer be competitive in other sports because I am enhanced. And, you know, for, for their BMX league, that does fall under the world anti-doping agency. So there are considerations to make in terms of long-term potential hormonal replacement therapy or hormonal support that you may need. Because again, HPO, HPG access is very unique. It doesn't always recover. And if you are truly ready to give up the title of natural, and I don't mean the douchebags that tag like the lifelong natty and all of their stuff. I mean, like, are you truly ready to not ever be able to compete in a natural event again? Yeah. It's weird how many people are competitive still into their, their late ages. I, I never, I mean, like I'm, I guess I do the same thing. I never, and it wasn't you a, pick up a new hobby literally every four months. That like, is not true. You should speak on this if anyone. That's not true. You should see how many bonsais are in our freaking house. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I have some trees. I like little trees. We went, on a, we went on a road bike thing. We did the BMX thing for a while. Like, it's it's something new. Tennis. Oh, that we woke up one morning and was like, we're all going to play tennis. So, yeah, you, you would be surprised where life leads you. And, yes, you know, depending on the compounds, used um, many federations will have regulations about maybe um you know seven years or ten years natural to qualify but that is a consideration that i want people to think about unless it's like a bodybuilding thing or you're trying to cheat i like that i don't i don't think that's as big of a deal breaker for me i don't think i i want to compete in all of the things and now i'm considered enhanced because i take freaking peptides um and that that's that's another thing too you know when when analyzing your supplements, keep in mind, there are a lot of PEDs or things that qualify as PEDs that you wouldn't necessarily expect. And I am surprised at how many physicians, coaches, clinics, whatever will, will push, you know, what I would consider unnecessary HRT, particularly on females, not informing them that they are now considered enhanced. We, we especially see this with the push of exogenous thyroid medication for fat loss phases. Um, it's definitely, can, it's being utilized for performance enhancement and optimization rather than the actual treatment of maybe subclinical hypothyroidism. Yeah. Or so it's not being utilized at all. And that's a whole other topic, I suppose. <laughs> But, uh, you know, venturing into the world of enhancements, it's, I like to talk about it, you know, like this is, this is what I, I enjoy. That's why I went back to school for pharmacology. I, I really enjoy it. I have biohacking. It's a huge part of my life. Um, but again, it's, I don't like that it's being promoted and pushed on so many people. I will say like, I, we get accused, you know, Todd and I especially get accused of being gatekeepers, and that's not it at all. Listen, we are never going to be rude whenever you ask us how you look or tell us what you're doing, and we find out that you're enhanced. We would want to say is, you look terrible. You should not do that. 
we're not going to say that, okay? We're going to be cordial and polite, but just know that if you're having to ask somebody, you know. We we should know you're enhanced if you are. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll leave it at that. But it's, we we want people to do things the safe way. It's it's not that like, oh, enhancements are only for bodybuilders or, you know, untested strong men. Like, no, no, that's that's not it. Like, I think everyone has a right to utilize performance enhancing drugs and, you know, utilize these these wellness compounds that are available to us, but there's safer ways to do so. And I do find that a lot of people are potentially looking for a shortcut when there's a lot of things that can be improved upon on, on your baseline, whether it's diet or training, or even just getting your, he stole a Christmas window, or even getting your, uh, your hormones, your baseline hormones in check. Um, you know, we have women that are like, oh, I'm, I'm struggling with you know, lower belly fat. I want to take Anavarm or something like, well, okay, we'll jump into anabolic steroids because you need to lose two pounds. That's a, that's a pretty aggressive jump. But then we pull their labs and we find out they have absolutely no testosterone. They're zeroed out. They have very low progesterone and they've become very estrogen dominant and their thyroid's lagging. Like there, there's frequently areas that can use improvement before we're like, Hey, let's take a bunch of steroids. Yeah. Most problems can be fixed with nutrition right off the bat. I mean, that is just a point blank. And so we, we do have those discussions. You know, we, we, we will never tell someone, like, no, you can't take drugs. But like, we're going to look at your labs. We're going to explore all of the options and make sure that you understand the pros, the cons, and we weigh, weigh out the options. Like today I had another call and, you know, she thought she was going to run Anavar. She called me basically to learn how to take Anavar and to get a prescription referral. And once we started breaking down her, her labs and her actual goals and what she competed in, she was not a bodybuilder. Hypertrophy was not the goal. And she wanted to stay very, very lean. Um, gaining weight would have been detrimental to her as a competitor. We ended up not taking any androgenic course of action. So then that was because we, again, had her lab work to analyze and we assessed her biofeedback and her personal needs as an athlete. That's an important question to have. <laughs> so um, yeah. anything, I mean, really, I just want to end this with seek professional guidance. If this is something you are wanting to do, um, get the lab work. You know, there are medical professionals that will help oversee this process. We have some wonderful physicians that we work with. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I just pulled off the shit out of you again. But we, if you, you need to talk to a doctor, period. And if you're not comfortable, talk, if you don't, if you're not comfortable talking about what's your doctor, we know a lot of doctors that'd be more than happy to talk to and would enjoy talking to you about all of it. Um, also, I will say this, I will say this in regard to that. Um, what's that side eye for? <laughs> they're not your best friends. So, <laughs> so, so when we try to ask you for, you know, give you advice or give you their numbers or talk to them and you're like, Hey bro, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. You know, sorry. I'll just, you know. Yes, please do not do that. If I give you um, one of our doctor's cell phones, please don't hit them up like they're your homie at like nine o'clock on a Friday night. If you're a female, please don't be emailing asking for trends. That's not a prescribable compound. Okay, there, there's and definitely they really don't want to see selfies at the gym of you. Yeah, yeah. We want to see them. We are we are your cheerleaders, but please don't be tagging your physicians. Yeah, they're cool. They're really cool guys, but. 
So we'll we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. I do want to uh, put it put in a plug though. If you are interested in anabolics and you have a sense of humor, because it's not for the faint of heart, I highly recommend checking out my series uh, Remedial Street Chemistry with Dr. Todd Lee on the Anabolic University YouTube channel. Um, I also have a series with Kurt Lee where we kind of take deep dives and assess clinical data and see if it has any practical application to uh, enhanced athletes or bodybuilders. Um, and uh, I don't have any of those things. And I promise that I will get more comfortable with these as we progress. Garrett, where can they find you on Instagram? Please tell everyone your Instagram name. Uh, you go first. What is yours? Oh, shit. <laughs> I am Coach DJ Vanilla Face on all platforms, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. Don't know sounds kind of racist to me, you know. But <laughs> I'm, I have a vanilla face. <laughs> uh, I'm a G Madsen underscore fat. How do you spell that? Can you F clarify? F-A-T, not F-I-T. <laughs> <laughs> It was a play on words, by the way, when he made that name, just throwing that out there. Um, but thank you very much for joining us. Uh, please bear with us as we work on these podcasts. Uh, next week, we'll be doing another episode with Coach Dan. Thank you very much for joining us. This is Fitness in Your Mouth with Coach DJ and uh, Garrett. Coach, Coach Garrett. <laughs> Coach Garrett. Oh, that sounded so lame. Thank you. <laughs>